Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. This is the Monday Review. We're 322 days from the first match of the Men's World Cup, and we are here to take stock of the American campaign to qualify in the state of the player pool. Today's episode is going to mostly be about the transfer window and listener questions. But first, let's talk about Pool 6 performance in that 2-2 draw with Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. Vince, what's up? You got to go. You got to go, which was very nice to see. Started out, started uh, for Chelsea on the left, um, in the front three. Um, I'm not going to lie for, for about 40, 45 minutes. Exactly there. I was like, uh, saying it ain't looking, it ain't looking too good for our boy, but, um, pulled out, put out the goal in the extra time of the first half. And then he was kind of, he was kind of cooking from there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a really nice goal. So for, for those who didn't watch, what was the, what was the problem in the first 45 minutes? He just wasn't sharp, man. He just wasn't sharp. Uh, you could see it, like in the, I think the sixth minute. Um, he, he's he's one on one with uh, Kanate, I think, one of uh, Liverpool center backs, and um, yeah. And then I Sadio mean, didn't do him any favors by having a really similar version of that opportunity that he scored right after. I think that right. really made it all seem worse than it was. Right, so he had, he had the take on that. Uh, I mean, just basically didn't get completed, didn't really do much with it, and then right after that, he gets the chance. Um, that comes from a, a Liverpool gaff. Uh, Christian, yeah, gets and then he, he had a, a couple loose touches, but other than that, he you know he was moving around a bunch. So maybe maybe it wasn't <laughs> quite as bad as everyone thought. I wasn't Going all over the place. It like like it was a uh, it was just like a cumulative effect. I feel like because it was just like he, so, I mean, I mean, the take on it is what it is. Like you're not gonna beat everybody off the dribble, but uh, he gets a chance, and I wasn't like that big, that big on the chance really. I mean, it was like, you know, the the other team makes plays too, and the goalkeeper made a pretty good play on that. I yeah. felt like he could have chipped it because he did settle it with his his first touches with his left, so he could have easily, I think, just brought the the right and chipped it over the goalkeeper, but he chose around him, made the wrong decision. You know, we see attackers mess up opportunities all the time, so I, it wasn't that. It was just like, and then, like, the touch was off. He gets, a, he gets a ball on the right side at some point in the first half where he just, his touch just takes him into a defender. I think that's when he got his red, yellow card. Yeah, and that drew even more attention to it, which is another thing that made it seem seem worse. It, there was a conspiracy of events against him. Is is my take on it? Well, so I mean, and then he had the uh, he had the giveaway in the center circle that kind of led pretty, to a chance. That was bad. That was a bad one. I can't really. I can't yeah, really yeah. So, the one, the one like a, a sky ball that fell next to him, and he couldn't he couldn't corral it. Basically. Yeah, which I mean, it, it should have been pretty easy for him to just be able to turn and drive with that one. How about that I, goal, I though, you know? Too. How about that goal? No, yeah, yes, but definitely. So, I mean, all, all in all, it was it is what it is cuz I mean, I'm a big I I soccer to me is a is a moments game. It's all about moments. So, I mean, yeah. the performance the performance was what it was, but he pulled yeah. out he he pulled out what he had to pull out, man, at that at that point in time. Um that way he chested it down. That was really good. You're not going to see a chest better than that. <laughs> and that's not easy. You're like, bam, straight down there, like right off his pectoral. The top spin on the finish too. I mean, uh, yeah. 
look like Jimmy Connors out there, you know? Um, and then another big piece of news is it looks like his beard is coming back, which I think is a really good move for him. Yeah, he's he's putting Mason Mount to shame with the the facial hair. Mason Mount is uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty rough. My my boy Christian looking good though. Yeah, it's good. He's different differentiating himself visually more. He changed his shoes too. Got Mason, beard. Mason, Mason's rocking like the chin strap deal, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah, like but it's a, a it's a shaggy chin strap too. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a young Amish man who's not quite a man, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But also um, has a real strong beard fundamentals. I'm hoping last time he shaved it because his grandma said he looked handsome without it. But I think she just needs to stay out of it because she got to stay. He just it. plays better. Mind your business, too. grandma. She she came from this a different time. Than you. She came from a different time, different era. You know, and she's just wrong. He looks better with a beard. The thing I'm, is, the, go so ahead, I mean, the, Vince. This go. uh can be the. Croatian grandma. I'll be honest. I'm not sure which grandma it is. <laughs> so I'll try to find out. But she she needs to stay out of it. The thing is, the thing for me is like, that's the, you know, that's the biggest game of the weekend in world football, right? Liverpool, mm-hmm. Chelsea. And, and we're, and we got a, we got a player who scored like a, I mean, it's not, wasn't a Golazzo, but it was a really friggin' nice goal. And, no, he um, he definitely did his thing. Um, I mean, I I was I checked in on the Discord. I didn't watch the game live, but I checked in on the Discord. <laughs> I checked in on the Discord, and it was completely unhinged. It was like uh, people were people were jumping out of uh, thirteen story <laughs> windows. Um, yeah, people had uh, basically had, had uh, Chelsea releasing him at halftime and letting him go on a free to. Or yeah, to go set up set up Daryl DK at West Bromwich Albion. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He's it's been this way for a while with Pulisic, where every like every little move is is scrutinized. Every move on game day is scrutinized. I mean, but he was legitimately not playing well. Yeah, like no, I, you know, what I'm saying like it, it doesn't mean anything as far as like for me, my assessment of like fully in his talent level or anything, but he like, he just wasn't playing well. And then, uh, of course he pulled out the moment, which I think goes back to last episode, as far as, um, we were talking about like our, uh, our, our lack of faith in Christian, uh, taking a pin there in that nation's league final. Yeah. And, uh, with that, with that strike there, man, you can just see the, the improvement, um, that, that has gone on in this game. I think mostly since, He's been he's gotten to Chelsea. I, I thought it kind of started in the Gold Cup leading up to Chelsea, but we've really seen it um, specifically for Chelsea. Just like his his ball striking has really kind of kind of taken off. I never thought he was much of a much of a ball striker, and I thought his uh, like goal scoring exploits would kind of suffer because of it. But he's really improved that part of his game. I agree. I agree, especially within like twelve yard radius of the goal. Still not. I still don't back him to hit like a twenty-yard shot, right? That much, but um, and yeah. He did fin- finish the game at wing wing back again. We should mention somehow that that always happens. Oh yeah, and then uh, Tuchel after the game was like, you know, basically he doesn't necessarily like to do it, but it's something he has to do. Um, with the with the current uh, injury situation at Chelsea, so I mean. I mean, I, thing, I, I get it, I guess. But I saw somebody say, like, wouldn't Mount, wouldn't Mount be like a better like profile to like play wing back? And I and I agree with that, hundred uh, percent. 
Yeah. Well, I'd rather he be doing it than Mount. Oh, Mount stayed in. Never mind. They could have switched. I'm with you. I I think like Pulisic, you know, he said Pulisic was not playing well in the first half. He hasn't played well. He hasn't really played well for the national team for a while now. And um, I guess I, I think go ahead. So I'm, so I'm a little uh, higher on his performances than than most. I think for the national team, it's just like I mean, I think Greg uh, Velasquez said in the Discord the other day. But like every every attacker needs their shot with MMA. They're they have just been a transformational force on this side and like without like all the stuff as far as uh with, with christian just doing too much on the ball um i, I like, like i think it's rectified uh once he once he gets to run out with with the mma midfield i think um because i feel like before with like like without musa in the nation's league and what was that honduras and uh, like he was the he was the one dribbling from midfield. I felt like he was the one coming back from the ball, coming back for the ball, um, getting it in, yeah, and trying to progress it to our final third. Where with Musa doing that, it takes just a lot more off his shoulders. And I think he's going to be able to to. Well, I, I think we'll see better from him um, without all that responsibility on his shoulders. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. Anything else on Pulisic? I mean, he's we, we got a few questions about him in the in the listener question segment at the end of the show, but um, just that I mean, like uh, all the stuff I've said, like it's not it's not surprising, especially considering that he hasn't he ha- when, when's the last time he's been on the left left wing um for a start? I, I feel like it's been a minute, and so hopefully he got his goal. You know what I'm saying? He he that, and he gets a run at that position and then we'll we'll uh, like i think we'll see some vintage uh christian performances yep other than that just keep the beard and i'm i'm pretty happy yeah okay uh transfer window opened a couple days ago and boy has it been busy on the u.s front um i guess the headliner for us is ricardo pepe to augsburg wolfsburg and all the concerns about that club and that city poof gone and he's at a um, a relatively small Bundesliga club, about an hour, an hour's train ride from Munich. Uh, the fee was, according to Kicker, eighteen million, with some uh, some incentives and stuff, which seems crazy high for Pepe, doesn't it? Seems like, high. Uh, I'm, I'm, he he's a he's a striker, I guess. So yeah. I, what's I, the I, deal I, with this? The reason why this American owner supposedly paying for it. I don't understand how that works over there. Doesn't the club? Yeah, two two of my favorite sources on Twitter, Doctor Manuel Veth and uh, um, Jordan Gardner, were that that is the owner of uh, that that one Danish club. They say that it's almost certainly this. Uh, yeah, this was it. David Blitzer, the uh, and um, yes, and apparently Blitzer is about to become one, uh, an owner of Real Salt Lake as well. Seems wow. weird to have a. He's a new American owner come in and fund the transfer of an American player. It has kind of Venezia vibes for me. But, I mean, who knows if it's true? Who knows? If they um, could become Bavarian Venezia, that would be fine with it. Yeah, that definitely, would definitely be nice. Um, yeah, there's I, I don't know. Where, where, like, like, where do y'all want to go? About, well, well, first off, with the, uh, the guy. What's his name? Blitzer, right? Yeah. <laughs> This this is kind of it's kind of gives me pause. I'm not gonna lie. 
Um, just the fact that he was like Augsburg came out of nowhere, right? Like we hadn't heard their name, right? Uh, mentioned any of the rumors, anything? Uh, I think Veth said it was basically Doctor Veth. Yeah, Doctor Veth said it was basically signed, sealed, and delivered to Wolfsburg until they just hopped in, and it. it I don't know. Like I saw some quotes from Augsburg saying they laid out their development plan and everything, but like, was it half cocked? You know what I'm saying? Did he just like drop the hammer and say, we're doing this? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it, it just, it seems hasty. It seems, uh, a record. It should be noted. Well it's a record, enough. a record transfer for, uh, for Augsburg, like right, by far. Right. Yeah. right. Record transfer. I mean, and that's, and that's part of the reason I'm optimistic just as far as like, he's going to play. There's no way he's not going to play, but uh, yeah, because agent know. must it have made just, a bunch of money, huh? It it just it just seems weird. Uh, uh, I don't know. Might be some collusion going on there with the Hunts and uh, Mister Blitzer. I don't, it, it's just it's a little it's a little fishy. You're gonna have the Hunt sue us. We're gonna you're gonna blow up our. Uh... No, we're probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what uh, Dr. Veth is a doctor of? That's not really relevant. It just occurred to me. Uh, probably a doctor of philosophy, I would imagine. Okay. That makes sense. But I, I could be wrong. He could be a medical doctor. I don't know. I doubt it. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about who is playing striker for Augsburg right now. You know, they're, they're close to the relegation line. They're, their strikers are, it seems to me, a three-man rotation, you know, with some others kind of moonlighting here and there. But it's Andre Hahn. He's got a thousand plus minutes. He's 31 years old. And from what I can tell, he's a pretty, he's a workmanlike striker who makes a lot of good decisions and just works his butt off. Um, but he's 31. Uh, and then they have a, a guy on loan from, from Brighton, Brighton and Hove Albion, uh, Andy Zakiri, who's 22. He's, he's, I think he's left footed. He seems not that different from Han, all, you know, all things considered, uh, obviously a lot younger. And then there's Michael Gregorich, an Austrian who is, um, he was gotten the least minutes of the three, but kind of came on in the last few weeks, had a couple goals in back-to-back games. The, the three of them each have two goals on the season. So none of them is lighting it up. Uh, their underlying, the underlying numbers for Han and Sakiri, you know, uh, non-penalty XG, uh, per 90 are roughly in line with what Pepe put up in MLS. So, you know, we'll see, I guess. According to Daniel Smith, Augsburg are second to last in the league in touches in the attacking third. So that could be a, we could, we could, uh, that could be a potential issue. Yeah. Han and Zakiri, if you go through their like Y Scout uh, catalog, are not getting a lot of touches, period, in the games. You know, we're talking low double digits, 10 to 15 per game, something like that. I good. really like the name Gregorich. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a two-striker setup, so they, they generally are playing with two strikers up front. Um, so I imagine, I imagine we'll get to see Han and Pepe up there together. And um, that, I'll be, I'm intrigued to see how that works out. Yeah, I mean... Basically, that's it. I'm just intrigued. I got I got faith in the in the talent. Um, I thought you made a really good point last week too. You have faith in the family, you know, faith in Pepe and his family. I think that was a when I was listening back to the episode, I thought that was one of the, you know, 
one of the good, sincere points we made in the episode. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, definitely. So, yeah, with all that, uh, I'm still, I'm still back in uh, Ricardo. I mean, because they, they were, there were problems with Wolfsburg as well, right? Especially uh, pertaining to like being ready for like World Cup 2022. Um, as far as like having a, what's the big guy's name? Uh, wow, Weghorst. Weghorst, right, right. Having Weghorst there, uh, potentially blocking time, and just having Kofeld there as well. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it. I mean, my my overall view on him going to Germany hasn't changed. Like, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. I'm excited to watch it though. And the the fact that he's probably uh, more or less guaranteed some playing time uh, is probably the biggest deal here. I think. And in theory, he could play this weekend, right? Yeah, he's already out on the training pitch. Um, I may be training alone, but he's out there in his get in his gear. There, people in the Discord were saying it's possible he got there on, in late December under the uh, radar, so he could get his quarantine out of the way. Yeah, and then somebody so. else said you, you only need you need a negative test after five days, and you're and you're clear. So it seems possible. We're learning so many new rules and regulations with the COVID. How, how, much, how much more sensible everyone is than than us. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Daryl DK. Daryl DK to West Bromwich Albion. They had a beautiful video out of him going out on the out on the pitch um, in a, a full stadium. So I guess on the sensibility continuum, perhaps England is a little lower than Germany. Um, he rejoins. So it's interesting to note. I know most of you know this, but he rejoins his coach from the spring at Barnsley. That's Valerian Ishmael, who's obviously now at West Brom. Um, so he, so DK should be comfortable and get a lot of faith from his manager right off the bat, you know, given the tear he went on in the spring. Um, and it seems like West Brom fans are ecstatic about the signing. They're so happy. Yeah. It seems a little, you know, I would kind of want to tell him, hey, you know, take it easy a little bit. Well, I think it just it just points out it just raises the point that like most people don't care about non penalty XG per ninety. You know what I mean? Right. That's not a thing for most they, people. They, they don't care that his expected goals for Barnsley were actually just five, and he got nine. Right. They don't like that. What you you say that to somebody, and they just give you a look. You know, all about results on the board, baby. Yeah, this may be the first time that a club has been more excited about getting an American player than we already are about the player. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. I can't think of anyone else. No, nah, I mean, this has to be a record. It has to be a record. Because, I mean, I feel like the the overall um, feeling within the fan base is kind of, I mean, I feel like people are excited, yes, but they're not that excited about DK in general. Well, the good news is he got that some time off. He's going back to a coach where he was just bagging them in. And it seems like a good situation. Right. Um, it does. And, and it does seem to be the, I mean, of course, I mean, I mean, it's almost a given with the same coach, but it does seem to be the same type of style of ball that he was playing at Barnsley. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not as much pressure because what did he go for like 7 million? Pepe went for 20 million. Yeah. Nine and maybe and that's half, just I how think I think. Maybe, maybe they don't feel that same type of thing, but. I mean, seven for a, for a yo-yo English club, is, is not a lot of money, uh, to be honest. And they're good, too, right? Aren't they in second? Hold on, let me check. 
I had their expected goals pull up on FootMob. They are number two in the championship. Okay. Um, currently. Um, and then table. They are fourth currently. I do I do think also that DK is DK's kinda like the perfect guy for the championship. You know, like English English fans love that kind of striker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he adds that to just being likable. Either way, so if he does well, he's going to become the most popular player. Yeah, it's kind of his his mo. Yeah. Um. Regarding DK, I was on the the Discord and uh, on the Discord, of course, uh, the illustrious place that you can access through becoming a Patreon uh, through Scuffed. Was <laughs> <laughs> probably um, the best value out there. Definitely, because you can ask questions like this. So, so Carlin Carpenter's on there. Um, I feel like everyone knows him. Works for. Statsbomb, is that correct? Yes, I believe so. All right. First for Statsbomb. And he used to coach at uh, Virginia, and he was there with Daryl DK. And um, I just asked him one day if, like, there was anything that we were missing as a fan base that maybe is, like, in his in his bag or just what, 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 are, we, what are we missing with him as a player, possibly? Uh, because I think it's easy to typecast a, a, a Daryl DK, just like a physical Marvel, you know what I'm saying, who's right. just – who can bully whoever. Um, but yeah, so he said, number one, he helped recruit him, which was, I had no clue. But uh, his first point, teams and people that want to use him as a target man, Barnsley, um, are not using him correctly. And it's one of the reasons his shot numbers are so weird. And becoming a focal point of, of the attack, it's resisting his ability to get free in the penalty area and use his movement to score, which is something we worked with him a lot on. Huh. Um, and then the second one, uh, while he's incredibly jovi- jovial, funny, et cetera, he's also incredibly driven, wants to watch players he compares himself to, cares about in-depth analysis, et cetera. It's one of the reasons he has such a crazy rise and that he didn't think that he would be at this level in a million years when he recruited him. Um, huh. so I thought that was good information. Uh, the first point, um, it, it seems like nothing's going to change about his, about his role at West Brom compared to his role at Barnsley. So uh, we won't be able to get to see him uh, exhibit some of that movement in the box. Um, but yeah, I just felt like I was good background again. Why not both? Why not be the target guy and be somebody who can, you know, use your movement to get free in the box? I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the golden chalice of a, of a true number nine? I mean, of course, but I mean, if you're just lumping the ball up to him, then you can't, you don't have any opportunity to be anything else but a target man, I guess, right? For the most part. I mean, of course you have opportunities, but. Yeah. Be a target man for the first five seconds of the sequence, then get free in the box after you spray it wide to one of your wingers. The last point on Daryl, um, you know, like people want him to improve uh, his hold up play, right? I assume. Yeah. Um, and just with the particular type of a striker that we use in the national team, uh, he, he needs people think he needs technical work that he's not going to get uh, playing at West Brom. So, so what, like, what are y'all's feelings on that? I imagine if he's on the World Cup team, it's for a special reason to just do what he's really good at. If, yeah. if Mr. Coach Craig Berhalter thinks he needs that. That's how I'm imagining the DK situation. No, man, it's, you got to get it right. It's Coach Mr. Burhalter. Coach Mr. Burhalter. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. 
honestly that that's that uh that dilemma i think the the striker position for the us men's national team remains very unsettled if he's if he's scoring goals for west brom this spring and um i don't know i think he's i think he probably gets a call up you know he's just such a i don't know he he's kind of he just feels unknown but mostly because i think in that in that gold cup we would we would know a lot more about him but he was just clearly uh kind of compromised at that gold cup so it's just injury right yeah 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 through injury through injury yes um so we'll just see man but, but I, I feel i feel comfortable about striker position man we got lottery tickets quite a few of them so we'll see what happens yeah I, I i'm not uh, to be just to be clear i'm not saying that the striker position is hopeless or anything i'm just saying uh unsettled it's not oh yeah um, de- definitely yeah. i'm just saying yeah. uh daryl joins uh the rest of our group of lottery tickets that we have yeah i mean uh it, it is crazy that we're we have we had two strikers in the last three days moved to europe for fees that one one that nearly is double what altidore went for back in 2009 or whenever it was and one that is about equal to what altidore went there you know forget about inflation this isn't an economics class all right but um but you know that's two two in one two in like one day in a transfer window so it's crazy times crazy times to be a u.s men's national team fan yeah yep. one note on west brom uh bromwich means broomtown so uh, um, so Broom is a type of shrub. <laughs> so, what is Albion? I, I feel like you went over this once. It's another word for England. Okay, but it's also a district of Br- Bromwich. They are used to be, so it's not really clear exactly what they're. Yeah, Albion's like the m- sort of like mystical name of England is how I look at it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> John- that's all. That's all the facts I have. They were a coal town. They they had a bunch of re- uh, recessions. Pretty much every decade, they they got one. So, where is where is West Brom? West where is West Bromwich from London? Like, if if straight north is twelve o'clock. You know, I was so focused on the name of their town and what it meant, okay. I couldn't exactly tell you where in England it is. It's a bit of a mystery. Okay, fair enough. Um. Jogo, Jonathan Gomez is in training with Real Sociedad B, which is nice to see. Saw some saw some pictures of him listening to Jabi Alonso. Uh, the first game for them is January eighth, and now it feels like maybe he can get into the match uh, since he's already he's already training with the team. Yeah, uh, and I saw I saw uh, so I saw Sociedad B game on ESPN Plus the other day. Huh. Um, so hopefully they're just on there. <laughs> so we're expecting him to play with them for a while, right? The reserves are definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I feel like at least for a few weeks. Yeah, because yeah. they're actually pretty good. They're pretty high up in the. They're they're near team. the relegation zone, or they they may be in the relegation zone in the second division. But second division is you know it's pretty good. Uh, Matthew Hoppy is, good. is talking about they're talking about sending Matthew Hoppy from Mallorca down to. Hirona, which is like uh, one of Man City's satellite clubs, so, yeah. um, and Hirona's in the second division. It's a it's a it's a very solid level. I mean, if he's playing, you know, it's not even guaranteed that this will happen. But if he's playing like ninety minutes regularly in the second division of Spain, that's the same level as Shaq Moore. It'll be the same level as Matthew Hoppy. I think yeah. it it 
it's not a disqualifier for getting called up that he'd be playing in that level. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize they were, I, I, I guess I assume since Germany has that role, the second division or the reserve team still play in the third division, that it was going to be stuck down there, but that's, that's a good situation. Yeah, very good. And uh, just looked it up. They had, they are seven points um, from getting out of the relegation zone. Uh, they're, they're on 17 points right now. The uh, first team clear of relegation has 24 with a game in hand. Uh, so yeah, they got the, they got some work to do. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, and then Caden Clark is it turns out staying in New York at least until the summer. Build reported this from Germany that he hasn't even traveled to Leipzig. So his job, the job in front of young Caden is to be more influential, more consistently in Major League Soccer. He's got the world in front of him, but that is the first challenge. And, um, you know, time to just put your nose to the grindstone and do it because he was pretty inconsistent. I know he had the appendix surgery and everything, but pretty inconsistent last season. And um, it does seem like the hype has a little bit outpaced the reality with, with Clark. So here we are. And I, I wish he'd develop into a, a box-to-box midfielder. I yeah. mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think the hype outpaced the reality until the appendix issue, right? Like he was balling before his, he was coming to the gold cup and everything, right? Wasn't that the case? Yeah, he wasn't quite balling. He, he has, he had like, I think Bob Morocco put it really well. He like, he has an ability to conjure up a goal in remarkable ways when the, in certain moments, but like game, like moment by moment influence. I don't think he was, doing that even in the beginning of the season i mean you know i'm not going to die on a hill about that vince but yeah he had some really nice instinctive goals right they were very good but but that's just my whole like thing with young players in general that i talked about i don't know a few episodes ago or maybe last episode i don't know who knows but like young players man you're just looking for you're looking for the talent and you're looking for that talent to flash and then you just hope the consistency and the uh, application builds upon that. Um, sure. So, yeah. Well, so, but, but we'll see though. This is definitely, I, I feel like probably the best move for him uh, in his development. So we'll see what he got, man. He's been challenged uh, from some quotes from him. It seems like he has a mentality. So see what he's on. He backs himself. That's for sure. Yeah. Kyle Duncan to Oostend in Belgium. That is now official. Maybe it was, it's been official for a while. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? No. I mean, no. He, he, talk, he did talk about it. Closer to his cousin, Tim Way over there. They'll probably do some fun trips together. Right. Um, and I'm, I referred to the Urban Pitch interview before with Kyle and Tim. But uh, through watching that, they were like, they have been like inseparable their entire life, pretty much. Like even to the point to where when Tim went to France, uh, initially Kyle went too. Um, so, yeah, then, then being back together, um, not too far from each other. is probably definitely a good thing for both of them. Yeah. What, how old is he? 23, 24? I can look it up. That sounds right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to look it up then. He's in the, he's in the, um, and then some news, kind of non-transfer, or well, transfer-related, but uh, no transfer report. Nothing doing for Miles Robinson. I guess the prices that are being offered for him 
the rumor prices offered for him are not enough to to let Atlanta United feel comfortable getting rid of their best center back. Um, Serginio Des, go ahead, go ahead, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, that's Miles Robinson thing, man. Because I mean, the more I think about it, the more the more frustrated I kind of give it this. Like, bro, MLS. You gotta play the you gotta play the long game, man. It's the same thing you've done with with all these other players. Like, and and you see the transfer value starting to go up and up and up. Like, okay, you get two mil, three mil for an Aaron Long or whatever. If 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 Red Bull sells Aaron Long, maybe uh, Atlanta gets a, a suitable offer for Miles Robinson. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we right. like you gotta. I feel like you gotta see the long game here. And like get get the ball rolling on these defenders. We just can't keep him in MLS purgatory. The bummer for Miles is he's getting underpaid right now. Yeah, he's getting so, screwed. Just from a finance, I think he makes six hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money to a lot of people. But he's probably um, you give him at least he at least he doesn't Frank O'Hara. Right sorry, and, you know Frank O'Hara dollars. Yeah, yeah, and, and especially like being a good center back in MLS, like they, I mean, that's like almost yeah. invaluable. That's Especially domestic the domestic one. Uh, traded yeah. by LAFC, and then LAFC fell off a cliff, and Bob Bradley lost his job. <laughs> what a bunch of ding dongs! <laughs> they, they've been searching for center backs like <laughs> ever since they let this man go. They've been like just turning through him. It's like I mean, and and of course we just made the the case for why Atlanta wants to keep him. But yo, you gotta like I said, gotta play the long game. Gotta play the long game here, like. Let him go. Let him flourish. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going to uh, – I don't care what league he goes to. As far as defending, like it's not going to be – I should shout out Rob Usri like, who told me that he, I wasn't going to bully – I wasn't going to bully Atlanta United into selling him for $5 million. But uh, maybe I will, you know? Maybe I will bully Atlanta United into that. Like, come on. It's Atlanta not United. Any good. It's not, not what, good. What are, they, what are they hoping for? A wild card spot in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to become. They've got to be one of the least liked teams at the moment. From the and, uh, and then of course all their. I mean, well, so the bellows kind of hit now, but like the all the promise that the academy had, and that's not hasn't really been producing too much. So it's like you got a guy that you drafted here, like just get your profit, yeah. man. Are we? Have yeah, we I was just going to say it all, 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 all those hopes for the academy yeah, they all he's died done. in the rotunda three three days from now a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> as, I mean, right. as an academy, like the minimum ask is you train your players not to get involved in any coup yeah. attempts. <laughs> yep. You're gonna end up in playing for a little little team in Costa Rica. He's not Rica. playing either. I think that's where he is. Playing. Or he's not even in the squad. Who knows what he's doing? Okay. Um, I you know yeah. that that reminds me like the RP. my thing with my my beef with MLS. It's not even a beef. It's just a confusion for me. Is like how teams can be so good one year and then not good the next year. It's um, it's like I know everybody right. complains about the how the title races are you know, almost decided in Europe right now, but at least we kind of know who's going to be good. And you have like a framework for the season as it, as it goes on. There's, there's no framework in MLS. It's like, it's, it's like who, I mean, Seattle's usually good. That's the one 
that's like that. Yeah. 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 So, Everybody Seattle's else is just, it's like you roll the dice and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And I thought, uh, it kind of looked like Columbus was, was, was kind of building the juggernaut after the, after the, uh, the cup win. Yeah. And, 2020. Then Aiden Morris got injured and it all fell apart. 2019, 2020. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, and it, and it, and it, wow. and it just hurts. Uh, Champions League success, everything. It's just like, I, bro. I guess it's because of the, it's because of all the Tam Gam and salary cap stuff just is like designed to make it that way. It's designed to make it random. Yeah, yeah. It's designed, designed to be a league of parody. And uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Do, do, do y'all enjoy that? <sighs> Uh, uh, I guess Bells doesn't. I only watch it for watch uh, Ricardo Pepe, even though he's gone. Wacky. Yep. <laughs> Huge snob. All right. Serginho Des, <laughs> not in the roster for Barcelona over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he has indicated that he wants to stay in Barca um, rather than go anywhere. I don't know what the latest rumors are, but. The latest rumor is Juventus. And that's literally just okay. a blog saying it. So, but but didn't he have COVID? Maybe. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I thought he, he tested positive for COVID. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm all, I'm almost positive with this. Um, okay. I thought he had. I thought that deal was he had some fake injury. Well, well, that was before he went to Miami. Oh, <laughs> I see. He, that was before Picked he went up to the Miami, virus in man. South so, Beach. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Here it goes from Barcelona. Yes, yes, he has COVID. <laughs> okay. All right, and then okay. This was uh tweeted out four days uh, ago. They, oh, uh, we mentioned Bob Bradley got fired from LAFC. They have a new coach. It's Steve Chirondolo. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. Although he kind of his, he was coaching Las Vegas Lights last season, and they you know they weren't even that oh, that's good true. in USL. I don't know. I mean. Chirondolo's a a I mean, U.S. legend, he, but we'll see, I guess. I, w- I was hoping he would stay in Hanover yeah. and become a coach there. I like that they just like, that's where he was, right? Yeah, I was about to say that my main, yeah, yeah, he was there. He was there coaching. But uh, yeah, that, that's my main reason for uh, faith in this move. As you know, he got his, he got his bars up coaching over in Germany. So we'll see what happens. The, the, the lights performance, you can throw that in the trash, man. I mean. They, it seems like they have they have like a rotating that's cast true. of characters, um, as far as who LAFC sends him and whatnot. Yeah, maybe maybe he can convince so we'll Antonio see. Leone to play for the US U twenties. He he coached him in at Las Vegas. That's a dual national center back in a pool of center backs that is very thin at that age group. Uh, Gio Giovanni Reina appears to be back in full team training. Uh, yeah. And there's, they tweeted about it, Dortmund, and they're still trying to get us to call him American Dream. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to work. I just, no, doesn't no, I don't ring think true so. to me. It, it, it just seems like, like some, some nicknames you don't got to run with. And, the, and that just feels like a nickname you don't have to run with. And when I saw the tweet, I was just like, oh, so, so they're really doing this. It's huh? not as bad as Captain America. Yeah. I will give it that credit, you know. It makes less sense of an as a nickname. I don't like Captain America either, but American Dream is is a nickname that a non-native English speaker came up with first. I'm sorry, we already have it as a concept. Have we talked, talked about, about this a lot? lot. I'm... 
It was a while ago. I talked about it briefly. I think about it a well, lot. What's the problem with say. it, guys? I mean, let's like, get cards on the table here. Because American Dream is already a, it's a concept. It's its own thing. It's so so one person can't be the American Dream. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. You could someone could be the exempt an exemplar of the American Dream. Now, if he earns that, I'd be fine with calling him that. I mean, it's a bit weird, wordier. It's just not creative. Like my man Erling was like, "What? Well, what's the first thing?" <laughs> American Dream. Maybe that's why I don't like it. I just can't be Captain America. That was taken. So, what's the next thing you thought about? Boom, American Dream. And it's just, uh, Dortmund, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to run with it. This is why. This is why you don't win big games. It might just be I don't think Erlen Holland should be the one nicknaming our players. Erling is one of those rare Europeans who really does believe in the American dream, I think. So that's, that's probably where he's coming from. That's true. Uh, that's but I'm true. not going to defend the nickname. Uncertainty continues about Wea's return date. What do we know about that? Yeah, they, they had him at one point listed earlier in January. That doesn't seem to be happening, and there is no, no hard date that appears to be floating around. So he, I don't know if he's going to be ready for the, uh, I guess there's still enough time, but got to yeah. be pretty soon. I, I was just sitting here like, oh, early January, we got a few more weeks. And then I looked at the, <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the date on my computer. And it was like, oh, we, we are in it's early January. January, huh? Clock is ticking. And then who's going to play there? Um, uh, do we got a question for that? Jordan Morris yeah. probably. We got a lot of lottery tickets on the wing too, so let's keep let's let's keep positive here, yeah, boys. Um, oh yeah, we'll be we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sick though. Don't get me don't get it twisted. I mean, you you know yeah. how you know how I feel. No, it's a it's it'd be a big loss if we don't have him at the end of the month. You know what? As a matter of fact, since he's uh been involved in a hundred percent of our last five goals, I don't know how we're gonna score. You know, I didn't know him. that he was involved in our last five goals. Just just kidding. I just was kidding. made aware of that. <laughs> Um, uh, rumor, rumored interest in Jesse Marsh from a new club. Who, who, who's that, Waki? Monaco, which is in, I guess it's, it's its own country, but it plays in France. It's where a lot of Formula One drivers live. I think it would be cool if he got in with that crowd. Kylian Mbappe's first, the club where he first became a very, very, very famous player. Yep. Uh, traditionally, team has a has a a few names you know. Uh, and and their game. Have you ever watched a game at Monaco? Like yes. A, it, it's very very weird atmosphere. It's it's like it's COVID all the time in, in their <laughs> stadium. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like a there's a huge track around the around the pitch. Um, not a lot of people. I think the one match I did watch, they were playing Marseille, so the Marseille ultras got in, but. If it wasn't for them, it would have been crickets in there. Didn't Arsene Wenger coach at Monaco too? I think he did. Before that sounds right to me. To Arsenal. So good place, good place to land. I think if if that's true, uh, let's go to some questions. But before we do, um, let me just do my usual plug. This is you know it's Happy New Year, the beginning of the year. We're hoping twenty twenty two is going to be a big year for the podcast. We are listener supported. We don't have any advertisements, even though we do kind of ramble on sometimes. Um, and the only way we make money is through the Patreon. So we would like to ask you to consider supporting us on Patreon. 
All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Questions. Brendan from New Hampshire. Hey, and by the way, if you send a question and you don't give your name and your location, there's just a lot less likelihood that I'm going to ask it because I like doing names and locations. So Brendan from New Hampshire says, El Salvador's anthem in the first game of qualifying or the USA's in Cincinnati? I mean, I mean, definitely El, El Salvador. Yeah. I, I mean, since he was nice, don't get me wrong, but I mean, yeah, and like, yeah. like El Salvador is different. Yeah, since this was nice, it did not get in your bones. Yeah. Though. Right. And that just goes back, like, we're just, you know, we're not really singers like that. Yeah, that's, that's a different level of singing. That's, that's, that's singing, if you will. Yeah, it was ferocious in, uh, in San Salvador. And Cincinnati was transcendent for me, but, but um, it got a little in my bones, but it didn't blow the in-stadium mo- microphones out the way the El Salvador one did. The other good thing about the El Salvador national anthem is they really did a good job getting in our heads with the playing of ours because they delayed it and then they set off fireworks right at the beginning of it, which is a really nice touch. Really spooked, Yo, and, and, Gio. And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real. Uh, I was at Cincy, but I, I don't remember that national anthem. Serious? Um, I, I yeah. I mean, I, I guarantee I sang it. <laughs> I guarantee you, I sang it. But. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember, man. I I was pretty drunk at that point. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like like I I remember the uh, Columbus one a lot more clear. I don't know why. Well, that, well, I do know why. I wasn't as drunk, but um, since he was fun. Yeah, since he was fun. Uh, Greg in New York City says this is a long question, but I think you you have to bear with us here. I coach college sports at the mid major level. I'm immediately curious what which sport in which college, but I won't ask. In a lot of ways... I spent some time looking up. I couldn't figure it out. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, really? In a lot of ways, I see the USMNT as a mid-major program in terms of the world soccer hierarchy. A lot of what we talk about as a staff, he's talking about his staff, is developing a play style that can win our conference and simultaneously give us a chance versus the best teams in the country. That way, we don't have to drastically change styles from game to game to game. I don't coach soccer, so I'm aware that this may be an apples to oranges comparison, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how Berhalter's preferred style helps us qualify through CONCACAF while also allowing us to beat the best teams in the world. What a good question. It's a good question. Good question. It's too hard for me, so I'll leave it to you guys. I mean, basically my whole take is just like, look, as long as we got MMA, like I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm gonna take our chances against whoever. So I, I don't I don't think the style that we like play in CONCACAF will have any like negative effects against a better team in the world. I feel like we put our midfield up against any team's midfield, we gotta we gotta we got a shot. So yeah. I don't think we need to even like switch styles or anything like that. And isn't the four three three kinda how we play it a pretty um flexible thing that's kind of the standard? Oh yeah. Yeah, I th- I agree. I think the MMA midfield is the key to us doing both and we haven't really seen it as much against the weaker competition. Um, at least in the, in the games where we've, where we've dropped points against weaker competition, we haven't had the MMA midfield, but it seems like Burhalter's system is preventing from the other team from scoring and generating a lot of chances for the most part, which is kind of, I think a baseline thing right. for, for what Greg is talking about this Greg, Greg in New York city. You need to be able to prevent the other team from scoring. So that's that part's in place. We just aren't consistently generating a lot of chances in most of our games. And um, yeah, I think yeah. the MMA midfield is probably the main antidote to that. 
and, and soccer is just such a high variance game just in just naturally that it, it's like i mean whatever style we were playing it's like man just just keep playing it because i mean it is what it is like you, you never know what's going to happen in any particular soccer match um but with the talent with the talent that we have we got the, the athletic the the athleticism we got the technical level like i'm 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 ready to go heads up with any team in the in the in the in the land uh which is the earth <laughs> <laughs> um it would be a little more encouraging if the system we didn't have to keep referencing three specific players for saying why we liked it but yeah, that's just the way it is yeah, that's the way it is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, like, I think we just need Eminem, and and, and maybe, possibly, uh, if Tyler Adams isn't in there, we'll be okay. But we, we, uh, I'm gonna have to see it. That's just a hypothesis I have in my head for now. What, what was, what do we need? Uh, just Moose and McKinney. Just Moose and McKinney. That's what we really need Moose and McKinney, oh. and and I think Moose and McKinney and and Kellen. Uh, that's a that's a decent midfield for me. It also works as an MMA midfield too, so it's got that going for it. Right, exactly. Yeah, but I think the the way we played against Mexico, that which is the only team really that has come out and played against us in World Cup qualifying. I mean, really, really come out and and played against us. The way we played against them get, makes me think we have a chance against a a team that like a a big team that comes out and plays against us like that. Right, and even. Like just nat- uh, international football in itself is just like it's kind of jammy. Like it's not it, it it's not often as free flowing as you'll see in like a, a club match or like like you you won't see many international matches like that Chelsea Liverpool match that we just saw yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Yeah. Next question. A couple of people asked about Richie Ledesma. Um, he, I, I'm I'm reading the questions despite the fact that they did not give their locations and names because I'm a big Richie Ledesma fan. Here's a question. Here's a summary of the questions. If he becomes a regular sub for PSV and is playing fairly well, what's the likelihood of a call up? And also is he a better fit as one of the eights or as a half space merchant? I'll jump into this first. Uh, If he starts getting regular minutes for PSV, I'll start clamoring for that call up for sure. Um, But so far his return since his return from the ACL injury in four possible matches, he's gotten a total of 10 minutes or so in games that were already decided. They were both, it was both, they were both late game cameos, PSV up 2-0. That's not enough minutes to count as regular for me. So we got some work to do on that front. Um, And he needs to put in some consequential performances. But I do think, to answer the second question, I do think he's a better uh, winger slash half space merchant, like a tucked in left winger than he would be as an eight. I think as an eight, he's, he's sort of the, he's, he doesn't fit as like an MMA midfield type. He's not, he's not athletic and physical enough. He's a small guy. He's a small guy. So I want to see him on the wing for the U.S. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Yeah, you're the Ledesma expert. I think that is spot, spot on. I cannot, <laughs> not agree with on that answer. Fair enough. Uh, Elizabeth from Texas asks if Pulisic, Pulisic should consider a move. And Cameron from Aruba asks where we'd like Pulisic to go if he leaves Chelsea. And Randy in Maryland asks if we'd rather Pulisic go on loan and get more playing time or play sparingly for Chelsea and reduces, reduce his chances of getting injured. I assume these questions came before him scoring that goal. Yes, they did. <laughs> but I mean, 
because now we want him to stay. We would have wanted him to go anywhere. I, I mean, I probably, really? I, I no, probably would have wanted him to stay regardless. Yeah, no, I think he should stay. Dude, every time you count this man out, he comes, he comes back, finds himself in the team. He's got, he's got to trust him, man. This is life at a big club. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't improve on that. I think the Pulisic to Barca rumor is somewhat appealing. I don't even know if it's still a rumor, but I don't have a great reason for that. And mostly, I just want him to stay healthy. And if he's playing like every other every other weekend for Chelsea, or starting every other weekend and getting like a thirty minute cameo on the off weekends. Man, that's perfect. Okay, this is for Vince. What's your favorite club? We know Bells can subsist on the meager fare of the occasional USMNT match. Yes, that's correct. But presumably our Monday review co-hosts need greater nourishment. Um, yeah, so I'm an I'm a Arsenal supporter. Um, that's that's it. too bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I support Arsenal, man. Uh, I, think, I think they're kind of like watching the U.S. Uh, Ms. National team and watching Arsenal uh, with all their young kids come up, uh, they're kind of they're kind of analogous a little bit. Um, so I've just been watching all my so all my sons grow up and flourish uh, from Bakayo Saka to you know Serginho Des. So it's been a good time. Yeah, you got you're having a little bit of a renaissance in North London, aren't you? Do you feel like you get a different type of nourishment from that? Um, no, I don't get it. <laughs> Yo, I don't so, feel like I need more nourishment. I feel like there's already too many games. No, uh, so this is where I get my pain. Okay, like Arsenal, Arsenal is where I, is where I get the gut punches. Um, like I, I, I've never felt more pain than I have uh, as as an Arsenal fan. It is true it's, when you only care about the national team on a normal weekend, you're getting no emotional. Like I'm not going to get a a high or a gut punch from watching yeah. a game. Yeah, so I can I'm, see that being nice. I'm, I mean, I've, I've I've been doubled over on the floor, like, but it's it's just a drug. It feels so good. I, I don't even know how to. Explain, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, man. but like, uh, I mean, shit. Just this, uh, just this weekend, the Manchester City match. Ah, it was it was pure pain. It was pure pain. It was a stoppage time winner stop. for for Man City, right, or something like that. Yes. Yes, we were so close, pulling out a point with 10 men. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it does seem like all the cool people like Arsenal. It's been that way for a while. So, kudos to you on that yeah. front. Osama bin Laden. Is he cool? Osama bin Laden's an <laughs> Arsenal fan? Or was? Well, he was. He's, he passed away. He <laughs> did a raid on him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nick in Royal Oak, Michigan asks, if you could only bring two strikers to Qatar using Tim Weah as the third if needed, and you had to submit the roster right now without, what's going, without knowing what's going to happen in the next 11 months, who are you rolling the dice with? Two strikers. Pepe? Yes. It's number one. Okay. Then uh, number two. I'm going to bring Sergeant as a fullback, so let's we'll take him out of consideration. <laughs> For the other striker spot, <laughs> man. I mean, I, I have no clue with the with the with the rest of them. I, I'm gonna. I'd probably, I'd probably say, well, no. Go ahead, go ahead, Bills. I would just say DK. I mean, just by, because if we're talking about rolling the dice, um, yeah, I don't know. But it's a it's a total. I, I do not know. 
who the second striker should be. Well, well the thing about Zarda is you pretty much know exactly what it's going to be. Yes. So do yeah. we want to play it safe? How much do we want to gamble here is the question. Yeah, I'm a so I'm a gambler. Um, so I'm go I'm good with DK. Let's do it, and then but definitely Sergeant as a fullback. So if Sergeant starts off in the championship, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a back Sergeant in the championship, so I'm going I'm going Pepe and Josh. Oh, I'm going Pepe and Josh, just because I, I mean, dude, it better be a big year for me. <laughs> it better be a big year for Josh next year, man. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So. So hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Mike in DC asks, is Richards is quote, Richards isn't good in the air and quote, still true changing or was it never true? Shots fired, Mike in DC. Oh. Shots fired. Didn't we talk about this for about half an hour? Yeah. It's true. True. Yeah, it is true. It, it, it's true. It's not a... Uh... Uh, and it's not something to, to truly worry about for me as far as his development, but currently it is true. Yeah, I watched his aerial duels against Bayer Leverkusen um, in the last game before the break. He got out jumped three out of five times, once resulting in a goal mouth scramble. When he did get ahead on it, it wasn't convincing. U.S. fans who've grown accustomed to the aerial tyranny of Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson will be disappointed in the way Richards plays in the air. But that doesn't mean... He won't get better at it or that there aren't other aspects of his game that compensate in some ways relative to those, his competition at center back. Right. I mean, and, and, and the, the buyer game is the exact game uh, that started the whole discussion. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Marcus in Sonoma, that's Sonoma, California, uh, known as Don Chesco on Twitter. Uh, asks which players do we want to get a trans a January transfer the most? And Clay in Tennessee wants us to discuss ideal landing spots for Dest, McKinney, and Pulisic. I think we can deal with this one very quickly. Um, Vince, Ethan, Ethan Horvath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice because I, I mean, I, I still believe in his talent, but uh, yeah, he's in the mud. But um. Yeah, other than that, I mean, it would have been Pepe. Pepe's gone, so I, I still would like I still would like to see Desk go to Bayern. McKenney and Pulisic just need to stay put, is my view. Uh, Jake in Southern California, who are on your Mount Rushmore, your top four players of all time, not USMNT specific? I don't. I don't have a. T- I, I just know Messi's number one. So that's yeah. all I got. I just think Pele and Maradona get. St- stuck on everybody's top four and just to make it more interesting i'm gonna leave those two out and say cruyff zidane ronaldo phenomeno and messi you guys ever been to mount rushmore as a child i was yeah i went it was just sort of underwhelming i mean i I can imagine (laughs) i can imagine It's, it's it's a it feels like a very American uh, structure there. It's fine, but... I had plans with you know. Scuff News of going there with a video camera and, and asking people who were visiting it what they thought of um, the fact that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington owned slaves. <laughs> but I didn't. I, never, I could never pull Fair. that off logistically. <laughs> I'd have three, three small children uh, at home. Yo, Bells, I gotta say, uh, the, the best moment from Scuff News 
was at the at the Trump thing where you asked the you asked the two <laughs> where you just sat there and you were like, oh, so I was like, hold on, y'all have three kids? <laughs> they both they both had a lot of kids, yeah. Both of those ladies. <laughs> Kills yeah. me every time. Anyhow, I don't know that I would even go through the trouble of putting four, carving four players into a mountain. It's my kind of my thing, but yeah, That's I think cool. I would I would want Ronaldinho on there oh. for sure. Maybe I just might just have him on it. Yeah, like a um, crazy horse, a crazy Balotelli. horse statue. Uh, coach in DC, Coach Beard, I believe this is, says Geo and Wea's injuries have provided some uh, Haspace merchant opportunities in the next window. Conrad, Ledesma, Morris, which options excite you and which would have you worried about our ability to score goals? Conrad has fallen out of the lineup. I don't know if he's, what's going on with him. That just occurred to me. Is that true? Um, he wasn't in, he wasn't in the lineup for the cup game that they just played. Um, oh, I thought he'd only play like twice this in December. Maybe it's not true. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a cup game. I apologize, Conrad. <laughs> Let me look it up. Let me look it up. So the quick. most exciting, the most exciting is probably Ledesma, right? Yeah, but I mean, what Greg is going to do is uh, going to get a nice dose of Jordan Morris, which I so I read Jordan Morris, so that's cool. Um, but Pariola, mm. uh, his music is playing. If if the <laughs> if these injuries hold up, so uh, I mean, the the one that that would excite me is is Paul Ariola. I, I know he gets he gets a lot of flack. I'm sorry, Paul. You seem to be a decent man, but uh, when we talking about scoring goals, yeah, I, uh, it wor- it worries me a bit. I approve. I assume Aronson Aronson is still kind of a starter right now. Yeah, it'll probably be Aronson and particularly Aronson if Way is out. Starting if if uh, if Way is out, I would think. Which, yeah, which I mean, that would be following me. You were kind of right, Waki. I mean, he's he's played. He didn't play on December 12th, and then he didn't play on January 2nd. But according to, uh, according to Transfer Market, he had coronavirus. And, you know, they do have doctors on staff at Transfer Market. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so at this point, whenever you see somebody missing, I mean, it's just, it's, it's probably cool. Tom in Grand Rapids asks, how much consideration should balance be given when determining the best lineup? seems like the middle was too congested when Pulisic and Reyna were playing on the wings and with Des joining the attack. Would a formation with a creative attacker and traditional fullback that'd be like Anthony Robinson on one side and a vertical threat with Dest on the other be better than playing all of our best guys regardless of balance? I, I think so. Um, I actually do think Wea on the side with Dest and Pulisic on the side with uh, with Robinson, as long as Pulisic's tucking in, does make more sense than you know not giving it any consideration whatsoever. Uh, I mean, I guess, but I just, <laughs> I just, I just feel like, I mean, if we see Gio and Pulley with uh, MMA. It'll it'll all it'll all form itself out, and, and we'll be fine. Like 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 I said, I just think our lack of uh, a true uh, press resistant progressive midfielder 
was was causing G1 Pulley for, for, to feel like they had to do it. So without, without, but I did, um, have y'all ever listened to Weston on the crack podcast, his interview? I feel like I did. Yeah. Um, they asked him a question about him building his like ideal midfield for the, uh, the U S out of, out of like our current, current player pool. And I think he ended up putting Gio in there, but he was talking about just Gio in general. And I mean, this, this isn't going to be a surprise to anyone, but he he said uh, Gio likes the ball at his feet. Um, so if if anyone's going to be, I think the the clogging presence is probably Gio, man. Just could, just trying to come back and yeah. get a touch, you know, every every once in a while. Um, because you know, he I mean, like we like we said, he's young. He can be kind of petulant at times. So you know. But other than that, man, it's not it's not something I worry about too much. Just I mean, it, it it really just speaks to speaks to how MMA has transformed this team. That I'm just like, just, you know, yeah. They 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 cure all ills. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's probably a, I mean, I agree. There's a lot of truth to that. But that when you bring up Reyna and you say like when he plays on the wing, he kind of clogs things up. You know who doesn't clog things up on the right wing and just makes everything harmonious? Timothy Weah. So I, I think there's, yeah. there's but, something there. But I, I will say we, we've seen Greg do different things with MMA too. Like in that Costa Rica match, like Eunice was hugging the mm-hmm. touchline a lot. So that's a, I just don't know. I I, I think, I think, Greg will figure it out. I mean, you know, and God forbid our coach do some coaching. Dust and Reyna played on the same side. Uh, Can't remember. If they did, it would have been when? against El Salvador. Yeah. And they definitely did not. He played uh, with Conrad on that side. Oh, that's on the right. Left. Yeah. He played left back in that game. I think he intends to, maybe it's just a coincidence that Reyna was in, played those games that he was playing left back, but it seems like he's always on the left and Reyna's way over on the other side. All right, last question comes from Matt in Bear, Delaware. Why can't there be a European equivalent of Camp Cupcake during their off-season? Well, it's in the summer. So basically the Gold Cup is Camp Cupcake. Yeah. Yeah, and if there were a free time that was not in an international window, you can rest assured most European clubs of any consequence would not re- release players for it if it's not in the FIFA window. MLS plays nice with the U.S. men's national team in the offseason for various reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's basically that simple. I mean, the the Europeans, uh, I mean, they have the biggest influence over the schedule, it seems. Um, Just in general, like, everything's catered to them, to those leagues there. So, uh, yeah, they don't have to... They don't gotta finesse things like 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 we do on this side of the right. On this also, side there's of the just a, a big MLS off season, so it's not even right. It's not that much of a problem. But I mean, you you know, uh, Mexico does their camps. Like they played that game in Charlotte recently, or whatever. Like you know, um, it, it feels like it happens a lot more often over here. I was uh, speaking of schedule and winter. The old um, American soccer leagues from like a hundred years ago. They were trying to make it a winter sport. So they played a bunch of games in really freezing temperatures. And so we're kind of getting back to our roots there by playing in Minnesota. And I'm glad you brought that up. Which I don't think we've talked about in a few episodes. Yeah, I just wanted to 
Um, do we still think it's too cold? Oh, yes. It is definitely too cold. Yeah. Okay. The, did you guys see the pictures from the, um, they call it the Outdoor Classic or something, an NHL game? They play at the Twins Stadium? Oh, my gosh. I didn't. I, so I didn't see the pictures, but I saw where they had to heat the ice in order for it to remain playable because it's so cold outside. I, I didn't. I don't understand the physics of that, but what is it? How does that work? I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe the maybe the skates don't glide oh, as well. Yeah. In in a in a freezing block of <laughs> you need a little bit of you need a little bit of moisture, I guess. Yeah, and you need you yeah. need the zamboni machine to be able to to be able to smooth it out. Yeah, it was minus nine at uh, face off for that game mm. at night. And um, Jesus Christ, there's it's been like <laughs> so my so as many of you know, my family moved from Minnesota to Georgia uh, a little over a year ago, and my wife in a in a fit of pettiness continues to check the weather in Minnesota every day. She does it every day. She tells me about um I love it. And she she um she keeps me she keeps me abreast and they are they've had like several days in a row of minus temperatures. Which it's possible. It's possible there'll be as she put it, it's possible possible there'll be a hot, a hot flash at the beginning of February, but <laughs> there it's also possible it'll be minus 10 so we pray for a hot flash oh one other tidbit of this from this book i was reading i want to share because it was it's the best shithousing i've ever heard of it was when we played italy in the 1936 olympics in berlin which maybe we shouldn't have gone to in retrospect but we played italy and an italy player did a, a really heinous foul and the ref was about to give him a yellow card and he pulled it out but they took it, the Italian players took it from him, put it back in his pocket, wrapped him up, and one player put his hand over his mouth until he withdrew <laughs> the card. So, like, we think, you know, we think we've got some pretty good shithousing, but, like, the game has gone so soft. You couldn't get away with that anymore. No, man, lifetime bans all around, right? Look, I'm, I'm, all I'm going to say is keep your eyes out. Uh, AFCON 2022 is coming up, so <laughs> we, 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 we may see it. We may see it. Yeah. When does that start? I think like the ninth, eighth, something like that. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see ya.